Hello, and welcome to Isaac and SFU. I'm Sophia. I'm a marketing specialist with Isaac. I'm joined here today with Saraya, and we're here to talk to Icaro. Hello, Icaro. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us today. So if you want to just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, how you ended up on exchange with Isaac from Brazil to Prince George. I am a software engineer and uh, I had a like a huge background with technology. Like I always enjoyed like computers and video games and like Japanese animes and stuff since the early 90s. So uh, I got like really nice grades in math and I got a international scholarship from the Brazilian government in 2014, uh, which I had to decide like a country that I wanted to go and they would pay everything. Uh, every single travel expense, uh, the university charge and everything. And in that time I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna choose Japan because uh, I like the Japanese since I was uh, 12 and I did for eight years long. But by the time I decided that was like no more room for uh, scholarships in Japan. So I was like, oh, okay, let's try another one. So uh, I got a, a cousin that recently came to Canada, like in that time. And I was like, oh, so how was it? How was, and he was like, oh, everybody that is nice. Like it's cold, but you get used to it. And it's like, it's a whole different, like culture, whole different, like environment, weather, everything. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm like, hmm, okay, let's try it. And the only thing that I could choose from that scholarship was the country. So I was like, okay, Canada. So I was thinking, okay, probably Toronto, like Vancouver. And I'm from a big city. It's uh, Natal has, I think, a bit over uh, 1.2 million, uh, the overall population. So I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be a big one and it's fine. Uh, but it was delayed due to some uh, issues with the government. So it was delayed for over a year. And when I was almost like giving up and just getting a graduation, uh, they told me that I was coming to Prince George. I was like, oh, okay, let's Google it. <laughs> and after like Googling it, it was like, okay, capital of the North. Okay, let, let's see the population, 70,000, like, wow. <laughs> it's gonna be a huge change. <laughs> and in like 2013, there was not much information uh, and like, Street View wasn't that updated. So I was like, I had pretty much no clue of what to expect. So, but I was like hoping for the best. <laughs> so yeah, uh, after some delays, I, I think I got here in late April, early May, 2014. And I was studying at the College of New Caledonia. I was doing uh, some post-diploma information technology because they had no computer engineering or computer science. Uh, but they recommended me to do the computer networks course because I could finish it. And if I wanted to apply later to come to Canada, at least I would have a complete course. And so I took that path. But uh, when I was right by the last semester, I got a letter from the Brazilian government saying that they want to like short down the scholarship time for by one semester. And I had to have like a job experience here in Canada. So I'm like, mm, okay. At least it was nice. <laughs> and then uh, I got a job, uh, an unpaid uh, work experience with uh, Defal, which is a local uh, IT infrastructure technical company. And 
there I met Sean, like the my previous co-worker that invited me to come here. And he was always like nice to me. Like uh, when we were working, he was always like, hey, I have to do some job at like that other town. Do you want to see the, the whole view and everything? I'm like, sure. <laughs> totally down to it. And uh, after that, I had to come back to Brazil. Uh, and later on, they explained to me that I couldn't have any uh, like relationship or work relationship with anybody in Canada for at least twice the time that I spent here. But then after this time being used, I had to be like in Brazil for three more years. So I pretty much had to be like for five years there. And when this whole thing ended and I signed all of the documents, I was working for uh, as an IT manager in Brazil in that time when I came back for the Federation of Industries in Brazil. And I was doing fine like if I wanted to be there like if I didn't want any like new challenge if I didn't like wanting something new to motivate me I, I I think I would be fine there for quite a while but then I was talking with Sean after I signed this whole thing and he was like hey uh and he he always like says the best thing to me like hey you're amazing and I'm like no like <laughs> I just study. I like to study. So like he says that I'm his Google. Uh, so he was like, I, I think uh, you can be like a nice asset in the company that I'm working for, uh, but it's not IT. Uh, he shifted away from uh, IT because he thought it was becoming like too stressful. And he had another degree. He had a civil engineering technologist. So he was a draftsman here in access engineering. And he was like, I think right now we use everything in Word and Excel while we should be using real databases. And I've seen what you can do like from there in the some softwares that you showed me and also in some stuff that you were developing in, at the file. So I think you can be a nice asset. Let me just talk to my boss. <laughs> do you want to come? Like, you don't need to ask twice. <laughs> So yeah, uh, after I think a week or two, uh, I was in contact with uh, his boss and I had a proper job interview. And he was like, yeah, now you just have to figure out a way to come here. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do. And the main process was the LMIA, the Labor Market Impact Assessment, which was pretty much a long process, especially when like, he wanted to do this database and this ERP as soon as possible. So I was like, okay, let's let's see what I can do. And a few friends uh, just came into an exchange with ISAC uh, to Montreal. So I was like, hey, how was the whole process? And he was like, oh, you have to get in touch with somebody at uh, our local ISAC first, which is in Fortaleza. And then from there, they're, they're gonna get in touch with the nearest university and they will explain to you everything, but they are really nice and <laughs> you'll be in good hands. I'm like, okay, we'll trust you. <laughs> and after that, it was just like talking, scheduling. And I think my process like was pretty fast. I think like from the job interview to being here was like 40 days. <laughs> so it was just a time that I could like give my previous boss like a lead notice. I'm like, hey, I'm going to Canada next month. <laughs> 
So if, if you need somebody to train, it's better if you like hire as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, it never fails to impress me how broad our Isaac network is. Like you had been roped in by friends from Prince George all the way from Brazil and also Montreal. I can, I can only imagine the culture shock from Brazil. I would love if you um, spoke a little bit more about how different it is living there than it is in Prince George. Yep. Uh, I think like the first time that I got here, I was like, okay, I think it's going to be cold. So I'm going to get prepared. So I got like a lot of like winter jackets, underlayers and everything. And when I got here, it was spring, like late April, early May. So it was funny because I was like walking on the street and I was using like two layers and uh, jeans and like two layers and a winter jacket. And everybody was looking at me and was like, is he sick or something? Because it was, I think like 15, 10 degrees. So now it's nice for me to go outside, take out the garbage and everything. But the first time that I got here, it was like, how can you guys handle that? <laughs> because to me, it was always like uh, 26, 28, 33, 35, like in the warmest days of summer, 40, and never below 25. When it's like 24 in Brazil, we're, I'm pretty much wearing this. And now it's, uh, I think, five degrees here. So the first time it was a shock. But then, uh, like, after five years, when I came back for the second time, the this time, I was like, no, I think I lived there before. I'm going to be fine. Nope. <laughs> I got here in uh, late August. So it was like beginning of fall somewhat. And even though I was wearing like two layers, but no winter jackets, I'm like, nope, I have to man up. <laughs> I think the major, major thing for me was this because like I've never seen like snow because we don't have that. <laughs> Like it's so we have a few jokes in, in Brazil about like the types of weather that we have. It's like warm, super warm, hell, a, a below hell, because it's always hot. If you don't have air conditioning, it's it, you're pretty much going to melt when you're going to work. Um, the humidity, it's somewhat different because they live in a coastal area. So it's always like high humidity and here it's quite dry and you can feel it most in the winter because your hands gets dry. So you need some cream and everything, but like, I don't, I'm not that picky with like uh, beauty stuff. My wife <laughs> is more worried about this stuff, but she's like, Oh, my hair is way better. I'm like <laughs> trade-offs. That's awesome. You, you seem to have adjusted very well. I mean, I imagine a lot is different, like the weather and a bunch of other stuff. But yep. have you, was there anything you were nervous about like prior to coming to Canada that you thought would be like totally different or weird? Well, um, the company that I'm, that I'm working for, it's an engineering company. So like a civil engineering company. Uh, they're like structural engineer consultants. And my area is totally different. <laughs> I'm a software developer, like a software engineer. So... Every time that you build uh, like a system, an app or something from scratch, if it's uh, like a micromanagement kind of software, you have to understand pretty well the like the business rules, 
how every process should be handled and everything. And like, I think what I was most afraid was like not being capable of like understand their business rules or like they don't understand what I was making because like, it's not only with like language barrier or something, even when I'm like speaking Portuguese with a few friends and I have to develop a software, they have even like, that means like what you design, what the customer thinks you, you designed and what's the final product is like, completely different but I think I was able to like hand a nice product for them and I'm currently maintaining it and evolving adding more reports and everything so I think I like overcame this fear <laughs> fast behind me and uh, but I think it was a nice learning experience because I'm the only software engineer there and I developed the whole system from the ground up so I had to be pretty much a leader of myself, like a one-man army, because I had to do like the backend, the front-end, the database, the validations. I have to put it online, uh, build some firewall rules. And um, even like when you know what, what you're saying, you're like, okay, have I messed up in any of those areas? Because it's like a building. If you like messed up the foundation, it's gonna fall sometime. And it's not nice to have like a database fall when you have like 20, 30,000 records because you have to rebuild it from scratch and it's not going to be a nice experience to like retype it or re-import it and have a huge downtime. That would be a lot of pressure on you having to adjust to like the whole different way of working plus the pressure of the actual job itself. I mean, being an engineer, that's insane to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually like I was uh an IT manager in Brazil so it was like training a few people I was uh having direct contact with customers so I had to deal with them understand their ideas and uh pretty much translating into code or into like a business rule in code language that the other programmers would put into code but when I was pretty much dealing strictly with a client because uh, the engineers were my client. Like I had to understand them and build a product. So yeah, like the main issue wasn't the language. I think it was more like a cultural thing because when you think, okay, it's engineer, like it's a civil engineer. So like everywhere in the world, you see like a house, a building and everything. So like, oh, it should be all the same. Nope. <laughs> like we don't have like wood building in Brazil, like not it's not an unusual thing. It's mostly majorly. And like the requirement differences, the bylaws and like understanding the weather because even the weather changes how you design a build. You broke that down to a very understandable um, science. I have no engineering background. Um, access consultancy, I can see how you're applying your knowledge to kind of help the clients and everything but that does sound like quite the feat. <laughs> um, but with Isaac specifically, what stood out about your experience working with them? And what were some key like moments where they like really helped you or think they assisted you? I never like needed like, um, I'd say an intervention or like a huge action, but even like uh, as a friend, I think as a like a close friend or as a family, they were like pretty nice because when COVID was hitting, I was like, okay, 
I'm not an engineer, so I'm not sure if I, I'm gonna have like a job tomorrow. And like, if the market crashes or something, like the main staff will probably stay because it's needed for the business to go on. But I was just like an investment for something new. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to have like a, a backup plan. And like my wife was in Brazil, like still working and everything until we figure out a way to like bring her in if I, I would stay here after a year. And even though I was like just looking for somebody to talk about this because it's not like nice to talk about this with like your boss. It's like, hey, are you gonna fire me or, <laughs> or am I safe? So yeah, they were like, no, you, you should be fine. Like Canada, is having some strict rules they're uh helping the businesses to like stay open uh so it should be fine and even uh when i like just needed like to talk because i was alone <laughs> pretty much i only had like sean as uh, like my main friend here uh isaac was like pretty receptive and like throughout the year uh like the company itself they pretty much became my family like I pretty much share like, hey, have you watched that thing on Netflix? And like we, when we can, when it, <laughs> when it's not against the rules, we're like, hey, let's like get together, watch something together, like have a barbecue. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm glad that it became like this. Yeah, for sure. That's so nice because I know that the nearest Isaac location to use at SFU, which is pretty significantly far from prince george so i'm glad that you still felt like you were able to connect with them and, and find some friendships there so i'm just wondering was there anything that stands out to you as, as like your favorite part of the experience or anything that you think is going to stick with you long term well i think it's hard to find like one specific thing because i like i'm still here and the whole experience is just like evolving and becoming part of me. Uh, like, I don't think that I would do like anything differently or I don't think I would uh, just select one thing from this whole year because even like I was here before, but it was a whole new experience. Like previously I was just studying and now I had to like make money for my own living and like it was way more stressful like i was way younger i was like uh 23 24 and now i'm 30. <laughs> so uh now i'm like okay i can't <laughs> i don't have the option to screw up otherwise i might not have like another nice chance of uh like living abroad or having a better perspective for my future in terms of work but if i get this done like correctly it's gonna be a huge bump for me. So like the whole experience, like I wasn't able to like go into a lot of parks and have a lot of stuff because of COVID. But even though like before that, I've been to like a few uh, frozen lakes. Uh, I've been, uh, what do you guys call here, uh, beach. But when I went there, I'm like, this is a lake. <laughs> This is like a bigger lagoon or a lake, but not a beach. A beach, you need to see the ocean. <laughs> when you see like trees across the beach, it's not a beach. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> but uh, like the whole 
thing was like nice. I just hope to be like with my uh, that my wife was with me when I was experiencing these things because when she came here, it was one week before the pandemic hits. So it was like, <laughs> okay, let's be home. <laughs> it's definitely an unusual time. So your experience is probably a little different than you were expecting, I'm sure. Even being like at, at home most of the time, uh, when we was just like walking on the street, uh, the whole view is different. Like the kinds of trees, the kinds of houses, the whole scenery is different. So even when we were just like jogging or like uh, doing like a, a driving park just to like see the sun, get some vitamin D, it was really nice. So there's like no regrets even with the pandemic. And here we felt way safer than living in Brazil. I'm not sure if you're like following the numbers, but it's, I'm glad that I'm here. True. It's yeah. The numbers are much lower for sure. in Prince George less populated. Yeah. You mentioned before that you were wanting to go to Japan as your first option. Yeah. Is that something you're still thinking about or would you do exchange there later? Well, I'm not sure if I would like live there for like a long period of time. I, I have a friend that is, uh, that is teaching at the university there. Uh, he did the Japanese course with me since we were kids. And he's always like, hey, you have to come here. Yeah, I have to, like, ex finally experience. Why have you done, like, eight years of Japanese if you never use it? <laughs> like, I want to go, but just, like, to visit you and, like, to see the different scenery. But I think here where I'm living, like, I really enjoyed the, like, small town kind of way of life. Because, like, my commute time, in Natal was 45 minutes for five kilometers or six kilometers away from my job. So I, I like, I got to the work stressed and I had to like drink coffee, stretch and think for like five, 10 minutes in good things before like actually start typing. And like the same thing when I came back to, uh, from work, like to home, I got home, I took a shower. I was like thinking good stuff i was like calling my mom before i was like okay let's do something <laughs> but here it's like you can wake up like 20 minutes and get a quick shower get ready to work and you're gonna be there not gonna be late to me this is a huge thing and even like this like even in a small town you have like a lot of things to do here like you have like i don't miss anything like you have movie theaters. I can't go now, but you have movie theaters. <laughs> uh, I have way more parks than I had in Natal. Um, if I order something online, two days later, it's here. So to me, it's even better than like living in a, a big city because I, I went to visit a friend in Calgary last year and he was like, oh, let's go to Costco. It's close here. 35 minutes later, we, we arrived. I'm like, is this close? <laughs> no, you have to like, you have to visit me and then you see what is well, like, what close means. Because nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure if I would live in a big city again. Like to me, this is like perfect. <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, you've seen both because you lived in a, a huge city and now it's like the polar, absolute polar opposite. So it definitely sounds like a nice 
um, like pace of life. It's a lot, yeah. lot slower. So you think this is like you're, you're thinking Prince George for long term? Yep. I yeah. don't see myself like moving away from here. I want to like still see the world. I have uh, like my last name, Sherma. Uh, it's actually pronounced in Italian as uh, which means fencing, the sport. And I have like some family there. I have some family in Portugal. I have a few friends in Japan. So I want to keep traveling, but just to visit, just to see like the tourist, tourist way of viewing things. Uh, like, I think I'm pretty happy just like living here, working here. You were talking about your commute and you had said, what, five or six kilometers took 45 minutes? Yep. How bad was the traffic in Brazil? <laughs> oh, like it was not only like the traffic itself. It's because it's also dangerous because you can think, oh, five, six kilometers. I should go like walking or take a bike. But if I just like grab my bike and try to go to work, I might not reach my work or I might reach there just like walking. <laughs> without my shoes phone so i was like no i don't want to take that risk it's better just like to drive there uh, and this was my like huge takeaway like i i i'm getting old and i don't want to like have a kid in here and see it like see him or her grow up and having to like worry okay is he safe is he at home because like you, you can see on the news like that randomly, like in US, you, you see like mass shooting in schools and everything. But in Brazil, we don't have that. It's like, it's an everyday thing. Like uh, it's not mass shooting in schools. It's like straight bullets in the streets. So you're just like walking and then, oh, it just got shot and you're dead. <laughs> and like the bullets won't choose like a color of skin or like a social status. It's pretty much luck or bad luck. So I was like, no, I don't want to like, I want to have a kid, but not here. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's move to an, a, a different place safer. And Canada, like I, I thought about Canada because I was here before. I had a previous experience like with English and uh, to me, it seemed like a nice place to live. It's a whole new experience when you're here, like just studying, especially with a scholarship and when you're working. But even though, uh, like, I don't, I have no regrets. <laughs> um, when I see like all of the other places, they pretty much every place has an issue. They might not talk about it, but they all have. So when you go to live there, you start seeing more, but it, it's just getting adjusted. To me, it was like uh, uh, like that movie, Alita, the battle angel. I just ascended to a, <laughs> a higher place. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine here. I'm so glad you found um, a home in Canada though. That's incredible. But for Prince George especially, I feel like the wildlife would be the biggest scary one for you i know there's a lot of grizzly bears up there <laughs> you've gone yeah. up for a yep yeah yep uh yeah the like it was hard to convince my wife to go like to do some hiking in like forest of the world and a few other uh parks here because she was like we are in a very like rural area so i'm pretty sure there's gonna be like a lot of bears wanting to eat us 
I'm like, mm. <laughs> I can't say that you're wrong, but we have like bear spray <laughs> and we have a few other things. So uh, yes, uh, we went to uh, Canadian Tire and to get a uh, bear spray and we got a, like a small training, like you never use this close to people, you do like this. You do like that and you should be safe like with black bear first you have to notice what kind of bear it is like the one uh one you should like ring a bell or something and then the black bear is gonna go away the grizzly bears are more like territorial so just like hide and seek and then use the <laughs> the bear spray when you when you must but yeah just <laughs> try to keep it to you yeah it was like fun <laughs> I think this is the word because uh, it was like convincing my wife and convincing myself <laughs> as well, like riding into my car, like, no, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> You're living the Canadian dream. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like we have a lot of stereotypes with the whole maple syrup and um, we have certain slang and all of that. And that's definitely what you would see in Prince George, especially. It's very small town, right? Yep. So I'm so glad that you kind of fit into that culture and enjoy it. <laughs> yep. Uh, like even the first time that I was here, like when you think like, oh, they speak English. It's like, nope. <laughs> it's the same as Portuguese. It's like Portuguese in Brazil, Portuguese in a few countries in Africa and Portuguese from Portugal. Like when uh, like a guy from Portugal is talking, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I speak in Spanish or something. <laughs> this is not Portuguese. <laughs> They usually speak like with a higher tone and way faster. So I'm like, what are you trying to say? And even though they have like way different slangs, like something that they say are like very rude to us, but something that we say, they don't even know what, what it means. <laughs> and it was pretty much the same here. But when I was studying, it was pretty much in a university. So they have a more multicultural environment. And then you see a lot of people learning English at the same time or trying to use a more known word instead of a slang. But when you go to work, everybody, it's thorough. It's raining cats and dogs. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so yeah, I, I was uh, like adjusting over time and it was just catching stuff in the air, but it was really fun. <laughs> but just going back from your like to your experience in general, what do you think some key takeaways were or skills you really developed just coming over here? The very first one would be either like communication or leadership, which I think they're kind of tied together because to be a good leader, you have to express yourself in like uh, a better way. So yeah. The communication I improved like a lot, not only in English, because uh, I think when you're learning a new language or like thinking in another language, you kind of develop a new way of uh, expressing yourself. Like, for instance, in Japanese, uh, when you want to say that you're hungry, it, it the sentence that you actually say, roughly translating, it's uh, my stomach hurts. So when you think about that, you're like, oh, okay, so the next time that somebody says that their stomach's hurting, it's probably because they're hungry. <laughs> so you, tr you try to pretty much connect a few dots in your brain and uh, you might 
understand a few other things like in advance, like, oh, there's something between the lines. And uh, it's the same when you're not only learning a new language and thinking on a new language, but when you're, I think, uh, learning new business rules or going to another work field because like I was coding uh, in Brazil for Federation of Industries. So it was pretty much like making quotes, making uh, inventory systems, um, payments for uh, all of the employees and everything here. I haven't touched the HR module yet of the ERP that I'm developing. It was mostly project management, report management, uh, contact management with clients and issuing mails, grabbing mails, uh, issuing uh, share links. Like I developed a software that it's like Dropbox, but they don't have to pay for it because it's self-hosted <laughs> and a few other things. So I think it was pretty much communication and leadership, like <laughs> fighting together for the full position. That's so good. Cause I mean, both communication and leadership are, I would say like the most important skills to have just cause they can be used in any and every area of life. And, and that's something you can take with you for whatever job you have in your family. They really stress that in in university, in a lot of my classes, they talk about how important communication is and just developing that skill. So that's great that you felt like your work experience has taught you that because that's, yeah, it's very valuable for sure. When I was in the university in Brazil, I was one of the shy guys that like, the teacher was like, okay, somebody knows how to do this. So I was like, I did the question. I was like, okay, let's just wait until somebody to like say that they, they're done and then they show something. Uh, but now I think, I would be the first guy like lifting up my hand and saying, hey, I, I think you got it done. <laughs> Let's check. I really hope that I like in the future when uh, I have a baby and everything that ISX still exists because it would be really nice to like, hey, go see the world. <laughs>